Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of The Living Spirit, Answers to Healing and Infinite Wisdom, which shares stories of spiritual awakening, spiritual communication, healing energies, miracles, real miracles, and ways to discover and utilize your intuitive wisdom for helping live life to its fullest. And today I am delighted to welcome Lee McCormick, a former very valued guest and author of The Heart Reconnection Guide, a book co-authored with Mary Faulkner and Joan Boyorshenko and Will Padgel, Gary Seidler and Holly Cook. In an effort by all of them to identify healing processes that might be helpful in creating a new paradigm for working with addiction and many other traumatic conditions that often prevent people from moving forward in their lives. Hello, Lee, and delighted to have you here to share your new thoughts on finding ways past difficult challenges and towards healing. Yeah, you bet, Cheryl. It's, I enjoy talking with you. <laughs> we do have a good time. And that's the yeah. key to life, actually. <laughs> that's all we're supposed to be here doing, Start trying to create wonderful conversations and, and uh, you know, finding joy in everything we do out there. So, Lee, as you may remember, my guests and I share our intimate experiences and all insights into the scene an unseen world of energy and life as we discover so much more about the human and divine conditions that are trying to help us improve the quality of life so we can move past fear and restriction and pain to joy, health, and positivity. Uh, But we have to explore the duality of life and find ways to return to unity, wholeness, or oneness and realize that separation from the true basic needs of life has hurt our potential to thrive, not merely survive, the challenges of this physical life. In today's episode of Healing from Within, the goal for Lee and the other authors was to refocus on the truth the heart reveals, leaving behind the chaos of the mind and discovering a series of new perspectives new understandings, new questions, new practices, and meditations all centered in the heart that move us towards clarity and emotional freedom and, very important, self-acceptance. Lee, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and to remember a person, a place, an event that may, may have signaled to them or those around them Uh, maybe the lifestyle or work or values that they were going to embrace as adults. Because I think it seems that we're born with a plan or destiny, and there are many clues along the way to help us remember and rediscover what we're capable of accomplishing. So think back for a minute. Oh, that's an easy one. That's easy. Um, You know, I grew up on on the coast of Florida, in northeast florida um my family had a a big farm that had been in the family since the 1800s and i spent a lot of time in the woods i spent a lot of time around the cows and horses and and in the swamps and on the beach so i had a i grew up with a really deep connection and relationship to the natural world and it was always 
without understanding what I what I knew, everything was alive, and I knew that, right? The, mm. When you're in the swamps and the woods and with the wind and the rain and, and the animals, I mean, you know, it, it was everything was alive. And as I got older, you know, and we were conditioned and programmed to to be members of our culture and to give all our attention and faith and focus to what our culture values, I, I just shifted away from that and started chasing stuff in the world. That's you what know, we, normal yeah, we all do that. We're separated from our true alignment to our spiritual awareness that we're all interconnected and that life is a giant uh, way to remember who we are as spiritual beings having a physical life. But yes, we begin to think the outside world is going to bring us everything we need, but it's only from within that we have well, the wisdom. Well, we're told that. We're, we're told it, and yeah, we're, we're little children, and we <laughs> we get confused. I remember crying a lot as a child because I knew something was wrong. There was more, and I knew the adults oh, were having pain and confusion because I was an empath, and I was picking up lots of different feelings. I thought they were my own, but in time I came to realize it was a gift, a sensitivity to energy, and I couldn't understand why they did some of the things they did because I was a child and, and I knew it wasn't right. So we have no, that sense. Yeah. You know, it makes me laugh because I've said, that, of course, I've been involved in the recovery world, the mental health, addictions, treatment, business, and that whole realm for 20-something years. And, you know, I've said so many times in conversations with people that when I was a kid, I, I remember watching the adults. I grew up in this big, powerful southern family, you know, big extended family and family businesses and all that, and, and big family farms and ranches. And I remembered as a kid watching the adults and all the tension and the anger and the, you know, the, the battles that would happen between uncles and aunts and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And I used to, I, as a kid, I I knew they were all crazy. Well, I just I just thought, why don't they get it? Why don't they understand? I I sometimes would talk to spirit. I didn't know I was talking to spirit, but I had a little doll called Jerry, a little plastic doll, and I would sit there and talk to him and try to find answers to why these things were happening because I. I just wanted answers, and I was not seeing uh, what they should have known. So you were the same way. See, we were born with this sensitivity and this wanting to help people just feel good about themselves in life and to know that life is a very special gift, and we shouldn't waste it with fear and anger and worry and all the negative emotions. We have to feel them because we have to know them, but we don't have to reside there, and we don't have to stay there. We can lift ourselves up beyond that to move towards joy and positivity and a purposeful life. But it takes work. It takes consistency and effort. But let's go on to, Lee, tell us about some of the people who worked on the Reconnected Guidebook and how the idea for it to be written by so many talented spiritualists, healers, and psychologists was first created? Well, it was, we're all friends. Everyone that's involved in this book, um, we 
Holly Cook, Mary Faulkner, and I have worked together in the treatment, mental health addictions treatment scene for a number of years. Joan Borsinko and I have been really good friends for a number of years. Will Tegel is a man I really respect who's done a lot of work um, out of Texas. He actually started the Earth Tribe back in the 80s, which is a, is a cool deal, and he's dean of Ubiquity University. It's an online um, consciousness-focused um, university, accredited university. So we all, Gary Seidler has been a principal in the mental health addictions world, producing conferences and producing um, and um, publishing books since the 80s. So we're, we all had diverse backgrounds. We're all friends. And we were all in Santa Fe at a conference together that we were presenting at or talking, you know, we were a part of um, some years ago. And we were over at Jones' house, and I started this conversation of, you know, we all have given so much time and energy to the healing work and the recovery field and, and the mental health world. And the conversation really started off that, you know, for all of our modalities, for all the medical breakthroughs for all the brain science that we have for all of these accomplishments the outcomes aren't have never really gotten better Mm. and it's it was pretty clear to me that the real issue what we're really pushing against when we try and support people in shifting their life or recreating their relationship to life their reality addressing their behaviors what we're really dealing with is the culture we're living in. It's our culture yes. that is disconnected, that's full of angst and fear and judgment. Um, and it, it's literally, it's like we're like the, the fish swimming in the aquarium, and the culture is the water. And we're trying to help people raise themselves up, but the, but the whole frequency of our culture keeps dragging us down. Yeah, it's because you know, and, yeah, it's because the problem lies in the inability to see the connectedness of all things. People think they have to do things alone. They're separate. Religion separate us. Work separates us. Gender se- separates us. Everything separates us, and there, that really is only in our mind and our culture and our societal mores and training. And you're right. That's what has been lost. So tell us of the way. Well, it thrives on conflict. It thrives on conflict and fear. And then, out of all of that, we're each one of us in our own unique individual way. We're just trying to be good enough. We're just trying to, you know, to be happy. We're trying to, to prove that we have value. And then, at the same time, we inherit such a legacy of of fear and 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 trauma and heartbroken. Mm you know all of that legacy the human legacy is passed on energetically from generation to generation and so the the heart reconnection perspective came out of that conversation and i literally said to them you know what guys i mean there's 200 years of experience in this room and we if if we can't come together and create a message you know a mirror and offering a book that we can reframe how we might approach our healing journey in a way that inspires people, that that sparks our imagination. Um, if we can't if we can't reframe this in a way that will really serve people, um, then I don't know who could. I mean, like, right? And if, it, if it's not us, if it's not us, then who? 
It has all... to be simple. It has to be authentic. It has to be truthful because we've moved past our natural connection to nature, which you had as a child, and all things to this scientific material way of viewing all life. So what's been lost? You talk about this in the book. What's been lost? You know, well, simply in the Heart Reconnection Guidebook, what's been lost is our, our a deep, aware connection to our own heart and soul and spirit. Mm. You know, like, who am I really? That's that's the big question. Am I the roles that I'm playing? Am, am I Lee McCormick, the rancher? Am I Lee McCormick, the, the workshop leader? Am I Lee McCormick, the husband? You know, like, am I, am I the commodities trader that I was for years? Who am I, the addict that went to check myself into a treatment center 20-something years ago? Like, who am I? Well, for most of my life, because of the way I was acculturated, I identified my value based on the roles I played. And right. as a man, you know, my value came from how, quote-unquote, successful I was, or a smart I was, or effective I was, right? And so we are not taught in our culture as children growing up, we're not taught that we have an innate value that's simply the fact that, that the Creator has given us life and given us an opportunity to live a life here. Like there's, We're not taught that you have an innate value and that that can't be taken away from you and that what you do in this world is just that. It's what you do in this world, but that's not going to change or reduce your, your value as a human being. Your value doesn't have to be earned. Your value is innate, and from that point on, it's our individual responsibility how we create our life and what we give our time and energy and attention to. We're, we're always 100% responsible for ourselves. You know, and at the same time, Lee, we're before, never without value. Yeah, Lee, before we started the show, you and I were talking about just this. It's not what we do. It's not our job. It's not. It's, it's not seeing ourselves um, in a limited way as a husband or a, um, you know, teacher or whatever it is that you see yourself at the moment. It's knowing the God gene, and you mentioned this in your book, the God gene, which is a spiritual impulse. Call it the soul. Call it the 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 alignment to all of the universe and the creative force. But it's the great mystery, and it's present in nature and in the heart and soul of people. And indigenous cultures always understood that. And they understood that disease was a result of an imbalance in relationships. So that is the truth. You know, I I have seven grandchildren. They're little. But I, I always, when I talk to them, point to my heart and say, you know, your head's going to tell you one thing, but your heart's going to tell you another. This is the essence of life, your soul. I talk to them as I would to a grown-up because I think that people who have no sense of the uh, vastness of our potential, our, our, our eternal life force, and, and who we are as, as spiritual beings get overwhelmed by the world. And I want them to know that they're already enough, like you talk about in the book. Many of us think Absolutely. we're not enough. 
and I want them to know how much they're loved and they're enough and they have they were born with everything they need to complete their mission in life and their mission doesn't have to be what their parents or I or anyone tells them so how do we go about reawakening the wisdom of this heart or soul that we're talking about this this impulse this spiritual impulse it's bringing for me the the foundational aspects of that it's really bringing our attention back to ourselves like a you know as i said earlier who am i really and and finding there's there's a lot of frames in the book around this but how do i re-identify and come to terms with and come back into my own heart and center again in my life bring my attention back to me sitting right here right now and look at and 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 sit with myself and realize how does it feel just being me what is the nature of my relationship with myself um one of the greatest tools that i've ever found in doing this is incredibly simple thing which is literally just journaling and using a journal using a journal at the end of each day and there's guidelines in the book around this also but using a journal at the end of each day and recapitulating that day so what i mean by recapitulating is is you sit down in the evening and you go back to it's it's like a meditation almost you take yourself back to that morning when you first woke up and you reconnect to yourself laying in bed that morning and then you walk yourself in your mind you walk yourself through that day and all the interactions that you had in that day, and you acknowledge anywhere that you got hooked, that you got angry, that you got scared, that you that you maybe you had an amazing, um, an amazing, fulfilling, loving experience during the day. But you recapitulate that day, one experience at a time, and you write in that journal and highlight every experience you had that really hooked you. And then you can just look through the the experience of that day and anything that caused guilt or shame or anger or a reaction or judgment, you can look at it and you can ask yourself, you know, is that really true? And was my response in that situation something that, that I might want to reframe? Maybe I want to let go of my reaction to that person and literally breathe in and then exhale out the energy of that judgment or that reaction. Mm-hmm. So what we end up doing, if you'll do that for a th- for 30 days, every evening for 30 days, sit down and recapitulate your day. What will end up happening is that journal becomes literally a mirror for us that we can see how we how we're living, we can see how we react or respond, we can see the things that inspire us, the things that feel good to us, the things that we love. But we have an opportunity to create an awareness of how we're really living in the world, one experience at a time, one day at a time. And that empowers us to realize the things that we might want to focus on and change or, you know, the things we might need help with or simple simple behavioral patterns that we want to intervene on that we want to change the, the way that we do this or do that. You also talk about, Lee, when you hold space, healing takes on additional significance 
when it holds space. So can you tell us what are some helpful suggestions to hold space, to trust your intuition, to claim your power, to let go of judgment and stay present during this process of self-inquiry, which is what you're doing with the journaling? What are some helpful suggestions? You know, again, it's literally the, the, the foundation of that is to bring my attention back to look at myself, what am I doing, how am I living, what are the emotions that I'm giving my attention to. You said it earlier. We can, we all, we, all of us can have an emotional reaction to a situation, and if we, don't, if we don't get into judging it, the emotion, the feeling, it'll come and it'll go. Emotions yes. pass through us. It's when we fall into the judgment of that emotion and then we lock ourselves into that judgment that that emotional energy then, basically it gets stuck. It's like putting a catalyst in a resin. When you add judgment to an emotion, the mind will lock that in place, and then it literally becomes what you might call your baggage. If you start working on yourself, you know, we all say, oh, my God, i got so much baggage in life. Right. Well, the baggage, the baggage is all energetic. You're yeah. not literally showing up with trunks full of stuff. You're, we haul it around energetically. And the, the practice that allows us to release that energy, that emotional energy, is to work our way through those situations, those stories, those identities that we put on ourselves, work our way through them, and by questioning and sitting with the questions of, is that really true? One of the most important aspects in the book is a conversation around learning to sit with our questions and allow more to be revealed, as you'd say in the recovery world. But if I have a question about, you know, do I, do I want to change jobs, okay? If, if I can make a list of the good and the bad, the positive, the negative, and I can put pressure on myself that, oh, my God, I've got to figure this out. I've got to make a decision right now. Well, maybe you don't have to make a decision right now. Maybe you want to just sit with the questions of your life and give it and give it attention. Maybe every day you take 10 minutes during the day and you dedicate time to come and giving your attention to whatever that question is, whatever that decision that you're facing is, giving it your attention, breathing into it, and sitting with the energy of what that question is and feeling it in your body. Okay, this is, comes back to what you spoke to a minute ago about holding space. It's creating a mm-hmm. space for us to be able to sit with our whole being and hold the energy of whatever questions we're having, whatever decisions we're facing, um, you know, y- you name it. Whatever it is going on in your life, bring that awareness of what that situation is, breathe into it, breathe it into your body, Feel it and sit with it. And just sit with it with as clear and clean a mind as you can, not thinking about it, but feeling into it. So you drop your attention from the mind and you bring your attention into your breath. That's one of the great gifts of Buddhism um, and breath work is learning to just shift our attention out of our thinking mind and give our attention to our breath and just be present with our body. Yeah, so then, our body is, yeah, we can detach. We don't have to be so attached to the outer world. We need to feel more comfortable within ourselves 
and detach from those events. Breathing helps you do it. Meditation helps you do being in nature, being with like-minded people, journaling, all do this. So as we become more comfortable within our physical body, our soul energy is able to refine and renew itself. And we are evolving both individually and collectively. And in my book, The Living Spirit, I address this new energy transformation in the following way. Highly conscious human beings now and in the future are the templates for the evolution of humanity and for the creation of a finer state of harmony and balance. It will be in the sharing of our dynamic, beautiful, inspiring thoughts and in rethinking and reprogramming any limiting thoughts that the shift will move many of us to a more productive level of purer thought and action. That's where we're going. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, and that's that's the healing we're talking about. But it is only in becoming more comfortable, our soul energy within our physical body and merging the two together that we stop having all this pain and fear and doubt. So, Lee, please tell us about the spirit connection. Um, I have to kind of watch that because I can get out there. You know, my relationship to spirit is my relationship to life. Life to me is spirit. Yes. It's interesting to me. It's interesting to me how, how we humans ever developed this concept that God is something that's out there somewhere else. Like we're, this entire creation we're living in is a conscious presence. We are of the, the presence, the flow, the light, the embodiment of life. And we're living in a living fabric, a living realm that everything that we're, the air we're breathing, the light of the sun, the body of the earth, the trees, the wind, all the balance of creation, we're all aspects of one living consciousness here in this world. And to me, that is spirit. And so my... For me to have a relationship with spirit, it's like if you and I are going to have a relationship, then we give each other time and attention. Yes. If I want to have a relationship with spirit, then I need to learn to sit and be quiet and listen and feel and ask questions and then listen and feel and ask more questions. But it requires time and attention to create or develop a relationship with anything, whether it's a person or a dog or a spirit, or a tree, whatever it is, in order to create a a genuine, in in particular with ourselves. If I want to have a deeper, more profound, clear sense of relationship with myself, then I need to give myself my time and attention. That's why meditation is so important. And it's really important in meditation to give time and attention to how it feels being in my body, being in the company of my own mind, being in the company of my emotional body, and to ask myself, what part of my life needs my attention? And then sit and feel into the answer rather than giving all of our attention to the mind's voice. 
and, and that is and time. that is the whole game. That is the integration of mind, body, and spirit. And that's who we are. We're all of it. We're not separated in the unity and the oneness. You described it so beautifully. The connection to spirit. We're never disconnected from it. It's only the illusion that we are that brings so much pain to so many people. So the soul wants to remember its infinite life and the possibilities to create what we can imagine. I want to thank you, Lee McCormick, author of the Heart Reconnection Guidebook, for sharing a way to go within the mysteries of ancient philosophy and the yearnings to know life and engage in a healing journey to reconnect to the personal power within that brings us all closer to the wisdom of universal spirit and energy and to knowing ways to love ourselves back to wholeness and to create our best spiritual, emotional, and physical lives. To purchase this book, go to spiritrecovery.com or integrativelifecenter.com. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, we have discovered once again that healing is about creating something new out of something old or a new, new perception of ourselves and a new awareness of past patterns and behaviors that may have affected our health and our decision make in our decision making process as well as the choices we make we once again recognize that change is the only constant in life and rather than resisted we may learn to embrace all of our experiences as an opportunity for further self-love as lee wrote when we reach a certain stage in our lives and realize that we no longer want to sacrifice what is most unique to us, we become more curious about shadow, and our sincere investigation begins. Investigation can result in incredible opportunities we hadn't thought were possible before. This is our stepping into possibilities, new choices, and a new relationship to life. As we learn the backstory of our beliefs and choices, we learn that we can undo the agreements and beliefs that simply do not fit our realities. This is something the shadow is particularly good at. But honesty and willingness to step up bring clarity as our awareness expands is the way forward. Lee and I and the other authors that Lee worked with would have you begin to know that the upper world is the realm of the spirit people, the angels, and the masters. This realm is beyond what we know as judgment, fear, and insecurity. It is where we can see the big picture and infinity. It is the state of being we create as we let go of illusion and fear to find peace. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, author of The Living Spirit, and invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to read about and listen to leaders in the fields of metaphysics, science, spirituality, energy healing, psychology, medicine, education, and the arts and music, as we discuss ways to open your heart and mind to nature, energy, miracles, and to create your best life and our best world. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.